and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. from Acts 17, 1-4, and Thessalonians 1, verses 1-7. to I'm going to read you selected verses. On their second missionary journey, during the years of 49-52 AD, Paul, Silas, and Timothy continued westward from Philippi to Thessalonica. There, Paul dialogued with the Jewish community via the scriptures for three Sabbath days. He unpacked the scriptures to show how Jesus suffered in death the crucifixion, and three days later, the formerly dead Jesus was found standing again. Paul said, This Jesus, whom I announce to you, is the Messiah. Many were convinced and became committed to Jesus' believers with Paul and Silas. The new Jesus followers included many Jews, God fearing Greeks, and influential women. From 1 Thessalonians, from the city of Corinth, about 51 AD, the Apostle Paul wrote the following in his church in Thessalonica. I, Paul, with Silas and Timothy, send greetings to you, the new Jesus followers in the beautiful city of Thessalonica, Greece, on the northern side of the Aegean Sea. Every time we think of you, we thank God for you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father how you put your faith into practice, how your love for him and your love for one another has energized you, and how you are moving forward with a firm foundation of your hope in Jesus. Additionally, you, Jesus' followers, gathering in many house churches across Thessalonica, have become a model, a living example, for the new house churches planted across Macedonia and Greece. I will <clears throat> return to my corner so that uh, I can be properly seen by you all who are watching online and we especially want to give a welcome to you who are watching online and we look forward to the time when we can all be back together. Yes, let's pray as we uh, look at the implications of this God's word. Father, we would come to you after a previous week. And for each one here, the previous week has had high points, low points, uncertain points. As we prepare for the new week that you have given, we ask that we might be made stronger in you by your Holy Spirit, enabled to follow you and seek you 
as we move in to this new period called a week. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So I'm going to ask both of you to. Um, all right, here's the here's the deal. It's going to show, and I'm inviting you as part of this message today to take a road trip. And what we see in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians and in the book of Acts is that they were on the second missionary journey. And they were doing a road trip. As we prepare, I want you, out loud, what's one of your favorite road trips? Okay. All right, we'll do it one at a time. So, I hear California out here. All right, how about over here? Cross country. Cross country, the United States country? Okay, gotcha. Over here. Say it again. Over here. Favorite road trip. Back there, Jeff. Okay, US. Okay, any more? My is Spain. Spain. Okay. Okay. And, and is that where? Leavenworth. Leavenworth. Yes. That's an interesting country. I haven't been there yet, but I'll, I'll try to get there sometime soon. Got it? <laughs> the Redwoods. The what? Redwoods. Redwoods. Okay. Yeah. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Well, in, in fact, I was reflecting on it this morning. I remember as a kiddo with my two little sisters and my parents taking a road trip to the Yellowstone from Eastern Washington where our farm was. And hello, a few decades later, just a few decades later, I'm remembering it. Yeah. Um, another fun road trip for me was I mentioned this several weeks ago as we started this sabbatical series when my wife and I were given a sabbatical in Anchorage we decided to start it by driving the Alcan Highway from Anchorage to San Francisco. A We'll pause for one moment for technical difficulties. Is it green or red? Thank you. Okay. Red. Can you hear me now? <laughs> so we decided to take that road trip from Anchorage to San Francisco on the Alcan Highway. Such a beautiful experience. So what I'm inviting us to do is to take a road trip relative to 
Paul's second missionary journey. As you see on the map, way up in the far right corner, where it says Kabbalah, that's the modern name for Philippi. So when they started the second missionary journey, their first stop on their road trip was Philippi. And we have the letter to the Philippians. And it was there that they shared the good news. Um, many of them, for example, were wealthy women, dealers in purple, and other influential people in the town that heard the good news and responded to the gospel and house churches were planted. That was stop, stop number one where we were the other day and then on to number number two um, to get from Philippi on westward we're going westward they went westward on to Athens what you see is an actual picture it's not a drawing it's an actual picture of the of the very famous road the Via Ignacia Ignatia, pronounced a couple different ways, but it was a first century Roman freeway that they built that went along southern Greece, above the Aegean Sea, and went all the way west, and it then went north across Greece to Albania. That's where I walked it. It went to the western coast of Albania. It was designed by the Romans so that folks could get from southern Greece, take the road across to Albania, get on a boat, and go across to Italy, and then from Italy go north. Okay. There we go. There we go. So there's the road up to near and then it goes across Italy and then on to Rome. And so this road trip we're talking about, the first and second missionary journeys, was made a bit easier by having this amazing first century freeway that they traveled on. And so we've talked about this, and then this is a really good picture for what happened in the first century as they were going on the second missionary journey. Yeah, pack your bags and get ready to ride the horses or the donkeys to get from A to B. And in this case, they went from ancient Philippi to Thessaloniki. And thus, in the New Testament, the letters 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Well, this is, a, is an amazing location because it... <laughs> okay, here we go. All right. There we go. All right, that's Philippi. A very beautiful city to 
put on your list if you're going to Greece. And then our destination today is, there we go, Thessaloniki, Greece. And I have had the joy of running a couple of miles with a couple of our Greek friends on that actual road that you see on the edge of the city. Very beautiful place. So the book of Acts then is the story of Paul and Timothy and Silas taking the good news to this particular town, Thessaloniki, Greece, and thus the letter, letters first and second, Thessalonians. Well, I'm going to have us do a little bit hands-on work now. I want us to imagine that we are in Thessaloniki. We were in Thessaloniki in the first century when these people were coming to faith and house churches were emerging all over. They weren't building buildings, key point. Church did not need a building. In fact, buildings did not occur until about the third, fourth century. It was all a matter of house churches. And so, once you and see what that may have looked like, want us to walk into the fellowship, I'm calling it First Presbyterian of Thessaloniki. That's just to see if you're paying attention. You know, okay, good, I think you are. And walk in and ask, ask the folks in this particular house church that you've joined in Thessaloniki, you're a visitor, okay? And your Greek is very fluent, so that's no problem. Okay, so how did you come to faith in Christ? Let me ask you again. How does Jesus' life and teaching shape your lifestyle, your attitudes, your behavior? Number three, how do you support, encourage, build up other believers in the church? Now, part of a good Bible study requires that you do a little bit of imagination. So, number one, someone want to answer that. You ask someone there in that house church in Thessaloniki, how did how did you come how did you come to faith in Christ? Somebody out here, what might be an answer? How did you heard Paul preach it. Heard Paul preach it. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. My next door neighbor has me over for dinner. You uh, say that again? My next door neighbor has me over for dinner. Right on. Next door neighbor had me over for dinner. And that list would go on and on about how those folks in Thessaloniki came to faith in Christ. And it's that group, now growing group of believers to which the Apostle Paul is writing 
his first and second letter to the Thessalonians. In question number two, how does Jesus' life and teachings affect your lifestyle, your attitudes, your behavior? And again, so walk into the church there, the house church. What might be an answer that some of those Greeks would give you? Okay, we welcome all kinds of people, and it doesn't matter how much what how much okay 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 it doesn't matter how much money they have. What else would you say to that second question? Yeah, great. Okay. 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 What might be one example of an answer to that question? What would Jesus do face this, facing the situation in Thessaloniki? Generosity and selflessness. Quite again. Generosity and selflessness. Okay. Generosity and selflessness. Biggies. Yeah. Okay. So you are beginning to offer a, a feeling of what is the texture of that church. And, and you know, it's, it's true that whenever we the people walk into a different church than this one, we immediately intuit what is the dynamic, what is going on, what are the values. And we're immediately going, yeah, I could really feel welcomed here. Or maybe, mm, I don't know if I feel very welcome. But what we're seeing in your responses then is that the believers in Thessaloniki had these kinds of attitudes and they were eager to welcome new people into their house churches third question how did they support encourage and build up one another in these house churches Okay, one more time, louder. Okay, moving from home to home, singing. Meet, eating? Eating. Eating. Meeting. Eating and meeting. Maybe that's both. Okay. And, and that is so true about, you said, eating. Together, because we pointed that out in last Sunday's World Communion Seminar. The restoration that occurs when you have a meal together with another person. That was very, very much a part of the first century church. Is that you, Jeff? Yes. Share things in common. And so we read in the, in the scriptures that if you know somebody was needy for food or finances, 
the community of believers came together. One other thing that you would uh, imagine if you were seated in that house church in Thessaloniki that, that they were doing about support, encouragement, and building up. Oh, put some flesh to that. How else would that look? teaching and accountability. And one of the things that's really true of effective small groups where we like to do a Bible study is it's a place to say to one another in the group, okay, as I read this text, it says, uh, I need to be more encouraging to those around me. And so I leave the group and go out to do that. And then under the heading top of accountability means that when I come back to the group the next time, there's a chance for me to say, all right, this is how I practiced the life of encouragement this past week. And that kind of interaction with one another builds up both parties. So, so what we've done is we've sort of stepped into that house church in Thessaloniki to understand better the dynamic of what was going on in that place. Now Paul, in his letter, then describes what that dynamic was like. He starts out by saying, <clears throat> he starts out with this idea of an, an abundancy of gratitude, attitude of gratitude. He says, we always thank God for you. He's referring to that church. Now what's interesting about that statement, and, and we see this idea of thanksgiving going throughout the New Testament, giving thanks for one another, thanks to God, is that they, they tell us that our mental health and our physical health improves when we have an attitude of gratitude versus the opposite. And you see the opposite on the screen. Have you ever met this guy on the screen? May, maybe, I've met him a couple times when I've looked in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, you know, we all have been there, unfortunately. Scrooge from the Christmas Carol. It's, it's an amazing, amazing story. And then, to our surprise, in the Christmas Carol, Scrooge has this big change of heart. And so Paul is making the case for an attitude of gratitude. And he's offering that relative to those Thessalonian believers. And that's a bit of teaching for us. 
or those little cards that are in the back about getting more fit spiritually at the top of the list is to begin the day by thanking thanking God for the day he's made and I find that simple event is a attitude life changer for me and we all know in addition about children and that important teaching that we work with children you want something what do you say huh okay okay that's sorry sorry got it you can work on that a little more and then once you get it, you say, Thank you. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it reminds me of, I still practice that with our grandchildren. Okay, yeah. So Paul in his letter is, a, is making a case for an attitude of gratitude among us. And it's making the case for the fact that we get changed. We get changed on the inside. We, in fact, get healthier when we're offering thanks instead of being the Scrooge that is grumbling. Then it says that they, uh, that, um, yeah, there we go, some more the impact of gratitude in several languages. And then number two, he says in his letter that these folks in this house church in Thessaloniki prayed for one another regularly. And, and I trust you know you know the impact of having other believers out there praying for you. Wow. Our son in Anchorage, our middle son, two sons and a daughter, he, about um, two weeks ago, he got a case of COVID. He was not hospitalized but his energy level dropped to about 10%. And my wife and I daily call him. And one of the things we're clear to say is we're praying for you and lots of folks are praying for you and your recovery. Good news is his energy level as of this weekend is probably up to 70 or 80 percent so you know he's making the recovery but it's that act of praying for the other person that impacts both us and the person out there that we are praying for Paul says that of that house church in Thessaloniki that they were regularly praying for one another. And I trust that for you, members of 
friends of this church? Did you know this is a place where people are praying for you? And if that can be taken up, the standard taken up, you know how to do it because you have control over you, and you can go say to Joe or Mary, I want to pray for you this week. How can how can I pray? That is a giant, powerful, dynamic influence in the health of a local church. We see it in the Thessalonian believers. Number three, Paul affirms them for putting their faith into practice. As I reflected on that phrase, I thought, okay, what does that look like in common terms? Well, it might, it might be if one of you uh, say to me, yes, I, I have faith that airplanes fly. And then I say, so when was your last airplane trip? And you say, yeah, yeah no, I haven't done one. We would kind of look at you and go, what? What, you haven't, you know, you have faith, but you really don't fly. Well, that's called not putting your faith into practice. You know, it's, it's an act of faith, and it's based on evidence that there's a 99% chance of safety to fly, but it's still an act of so in a similar way, Paul said that these Thessalonian believers have put their faith, their relationship with Christ, then in a concrete, practical terms. Number four, he affirms them saying that they are receiving the energy that comes from loving others, loving one another. Well, that is a, that's a biggie. When we act in a loving way toward another person, wow, it's a big changer for them. Hello, but look at what happens to us. It's a changer for us, too. We walk away from that act of giving, going, wow, I was so, so glad I could help. And as we said at the beginning of the message today, our blood chemistry improves when we then act in a giving and loving way toward another. And Paul in his letter is saying this about those first century Thessalonian believers in those many house churches across that city. That they were loving Christ and loving one another. 
once again, this whole idea of walking into a church for the first time and sensing what is the dynamic? That dynamic is going to be much, much stronger because of that love that exists for one another. Finally, he says in his letter that they have moved forth because of the foundation they have in their faith in Christ. Now this cartoon, you cannot see the very well, maybe, but um, this, uh, my cartoon collection, this is the one I have sent the most often. So the picture is Sunday. They went to the tomb to anoint Christ's dead body. They got there, stone was rolled away, Christ wasn't there, someone had stolen the body. And then maybe a day later, here you see in the cartoon the private in the army who was supposed to guard the tomb and not make sure nothing crazy happened. He's pulling his hair out because he messed up his job big time hello but beside him is the sergeant in the army and the sergeant is trying to be reassuring and so he says to the private hey don't worry about this don't say anything about this just let this go for a couple of weeks and this whole thing will blow over wrong wrong and the the greek new testament word for resurrection is anastasis anna means again stasis means to stand it means people found jesus standing again the foundation of our hope is in Jesus, God in flesh, crucified for our sin. Crucified, crucified, dead, and then three days later, hello, he was found standing again. So those five points characterize the dynamic of that first century church in Thessaloniki, to which this letter, first and second Thessalonians, have been written. That was dynamic. And when we talk about healthy, growing churches, we also talk about healthy dynamics among the people. And it's you seek to move toward greater health as a church these five statements listed about the Thessalonian church of great application they are very practical statements moving forward so I conclude with the final word in the passage, and that is, that is hope. 
as we've all listened to the news, the good and the bad news out there, one of the one of the words that pops up often is hope. And about the pandemic. And we'll talk about hope that this can be eradicated. Hope. And so the gospel account finishes on this word of hope. And there are three parts to it that I leave with you. Hope means celebrating the past. All right, look at what has happened, what God has done among us in the past. Celebrating the past. Number two, living fully in the present. Because the present is all we have. The past is a canceled check, the future is a promissory note. So it invites us to live in the hope, live fully in the hope, which means fully there in the present. And finally, it means preparing for the future. Now as I close, I want you to meet a, a, a person who's going to give their testimony. And uh, you may have seen this person, uh, you may have seen him out on the street begging, um, you know, hoping to get some free handouts or he's Kind of a sketchy looking guy. Uh, you might recognize him when you see him. Because the, the other key verse in this letter to the Thessalonians is that Paul writes, he says, You, the believers in Jesus and Thessalonians, you have become a model, a model. For all the other churches in the area. They're looking up to you. You've been so helpful to all of these other new house churches that are beginning across the country. Is what he is saying in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7. Well, as I thought about the person who gave a testimony, I thought that this guy might really help to speak to you. Ready, go. Thank you, Craig. Craig, I'm glad you're going to speak and, uh, and, and tell us more about your story. Uh, maybe Craig is not the guy. Let's see if we recognize the real guy in this one. Illustrate chapter 1, verse 7. You, the Thessalonian believers, have become a model. I want to thank you, he said. I want to thank you for becoming the kind of model that you are to all of those other believers around this area. Just finished his his uh, drink, and uh, and now he's ready to go. So, 
in the midst of this, we will have a commercial. <laughs> So, um, a couple commercials. One is that um, the, the team up there in the balcony and down here have been doing a lot of good work to make what happens for people viewing online much, much better. And so, number one, when you see any of these folks who work up there and down here, would you be sure to thank you for them, say thank you to them, because we want this worship time for you out there on Zoom or on the screen, we want this to be an even better time for you. So here's one of those guys that's helpful. Hi, everybody. So, yeah. You might want to move towards the front because we're depending on your Okay. Here's this guy. Guys, this is not that impressive. Don't, don't applaud George. I said that uh, we see you on the street begging for food. Good morning, friends of people at Presbyterian Church. This is Travis Fletcher, the pastor here at the Methodist Community Church. Pleasure. I'm honored to join you in worship today. George wanted me to speak to y'all about how your church has been an encouragement to our church. The reference point for this is 1 Thessalonians 1 7, which says this As a result, Paul writes, you, these churches, have become an example to all the believers in Greece, through Macedonia and Achaia. The example of this group of churches, maybe even just one church, we're not really sure, it has spread. It has been like this. this pushing forward the ministry of these congregations. And what is the force behind that? Well, it's pretty easy. It's the gospel. It's the good news that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Paul wrote that in an earlier letter, and it's true. Last year plus of COVID, we have been encouraged by your faith and people with us. When COVID shut everything down, it was hard for all of us. It was hard for us because we felt like we were just starting to get to know this church and this campus, and that everything was quiet and dark. And there was this loss of momentum. I want to recognize that for Eagle Press, there was a loss of decades of tradition, of history, of, of a legacy of faithfulness. All that changed overnight when we could no longer meet in person together. There's a different level of grief for y'all. But what I have seen, what we have seen from your church, is this continued step by step forward motion in faith, saying, you know what? The gospel is a lot more important than any of these things. Let us continue to meet together. And y'all did online, just like we did. Let us return to in-person worship together, which y'all did right around the same time that we did. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think God made our congregations ready for this moment by giving us the opportunity to encourage each other. We pray that we've been an encouragement to you. And I just want to affirm that your church and what press is an encouragement to us, watching your faithfulness, watching your innovation, watching your willingness to send after James on sabbatical and say, we love you, we bless you, we want you to come back, restored and reinvigorated from the ministry. All these things in more church, we have seen you and you are. We are encouraged by you. God bless you as we continue in worship today. Let's give a hand for Travis.
while you're giving a hand, let's give a hand to Englewood Presbyterian for being a great courage. I've uh, had the joy of getting to know Travis. It's been lots of fun. He and I agree to meet for some kind of lunch every two weeks. And it's just been great to hear his story, great to hear what's going on here and how you are providing a building and a place and an encouragement for them. And likewise, they're doing similarly for you. That's been our stop today in Thessaloniki. And Paul said of them, you have become a model a model for the church in all of these other places. Right on and amen. We'll sing our praises to you. 